welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. Welcome back to another episode of 81 Points. This is the NBA Finals edition. A very entertaining NBA Finals edition. Pleasantly surprised by how yeah. things are uh, shaking out so far. Yeah. Uh, the series is 1-1. Well, I, I actually, think... I, I wouldn't say it was pleasantly surprising because, you know, it's not a good thing that Toronto's doing well, you know? Yeah. Uh, let's talk about that for a second. Okay. All right. Going into the Finals... A very strange thing occurred to me the other day while I was watching Game 2, and I came to the realization, which was a shocking realization for me personally, that I found myself actually rooting for the Golden State Warriors <laughs> to win that game. Game 2, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And for obvious reasons, if you're a Laker fan, you know, uh, we can talk about how much we think the outcome would influence what Kawhi Leonard does this offseason. You know, that has a big... If, if it's a big deal, uh, if the Raptors win or lose, you know, how is that going to determine his yeah. decision-making? But, as so as long as we're speculating at this point, you know, I got to suspect that by Toronto winning the NBA Finals, that would only lower the Lakers' chances of landing Kawhi Leonard this offseason. So because of that, I find myself rooting for the Warriors, which I never thought I would be doing right now. Yeah, and you know, the interesting, uh, there's, there's an interesting aspect about the Warriors. Let's talk about the Warriors real quick. Um, the reason why it's... It's just it's you can kind of stomach the Warriors winning again. It's because at this point they've established that they are a dynasty of this of this era, right? This, it's just, yeah, th- these past what four or five years will yeah, always be decade. remembered right. as the Golden State Warriors. It's the Golden State years. Warriors uh, era, and you know you, there's a little bit of LeBron in there, obviously, um, but he's more of like a singular individual. Um, force of nature, kind of like a generational player. But in yeah. terms of like which which era is this? It's the Warriors era, right? And they've won three already, right? So when you look at you know with the the resume that they have, the influence that they've 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 impressed upon the league already. What's the difference between three three rings and four rings, really? You know what I mean? It's like they've yeah. I mean, a three peat is a big deal. A three peat is a big deal, but like at this point, it's like. Their legacy is kind of intact already. You know what I mean? Yeah, as a as a Lakers fan, it means nothing to us. It means nothing, yeah. right? So knowing that, as much as I hate the Warriors, knowing that, the bigger motive right now is, okay, at, at all costs, we need to bring Kawhi. And like you said, if the Raptors win, then that just makes it that much more difficult for us to sign uh, Kawhi. And I got to believe that if not already, I gotta believe that Kawhi would be staying at least for a couple years if the Raptors win. We'll right. talk, yeah, and we'll talk about okay. what our current feelings are towards what we think he's gonna end up doing, given a couple of other things that have 
come to light recently. Uh, but let's let's take a little dive into the finals right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm you know going into the finals, I, I'm guessing both of us thought that the Warriors are going to win, right? For sure, without a doubt. Uh, Toronto actually <laughs> took Game One. I know how how you feel about winning Game Ones in playoff series. Yep. So you know after after watching uh, Toronto win that first game, did you? think was there an inkling in your mind that hey maybe maybe these guys can actually take this series well it's a big deal for sure uh winning game one of the series is so is so crucial um and it was shocking for me to see it was a pretty solid win yeah it was a really solid win um but in my mind um because we know you know what kind of juggernaut we have in our hands with uh, the Warriors, this Warriors squad. I felt like the only way where I'd be even kind of excited about the Raptors' chances of winning um, or even feeling like they had a chance of winning this uh, championship was needing to win game two. Yeah, wait, uh, so I'm, I'm a little confused. Are you, are you rooting for or against <laughs> the Raptors right now? Yeah, I, I'm torn. I'm torn. So... My mind Cause, says... Because you were... Yeah, okay. <laughs> you are sending me a few text messages yeah. uh, during game th- two. Yeah. And, and you were voicing your displeasure at what, what you were witnessing. I know. So here's the thing. My mind... You know... What's... What is it an R. Kelly song? I guess R. Kelly is kind of not... He's he's not very popular anymore. My mind is <laughs> my mind, me no. Yeah. <laughs> but my body, you know. Um, but no, my mind was saying... We need to have uh, the Raptors lose, but my heart was like, I would love to see these Warriors lose, you know? So, yeah, I was a little conflicted, to say the least. Okay, if you, I mean, if you had to boil it down to one team that you would like to see win these NBA Finals? It would probably be the Warriors. Okay. But, but after game one, I mean... It, to me, like after watching uh, Game One, I was like, "Hold! Oh, I think the Raptors actually have a chance," just because it was a solid win. Yeah, they took Game One. They have home court advantage. They have, you know, Kevin Durant's not playing, so they do have the best player on the on the court. And all signs pointed to, hey, maybe these guys had the, at least a huge can take it. Yeah, at, at the very least, they had a huge momentum shift. Yeah, because we're finding that, um, and I, I think this opinion is starting to grow more and more, but it, it's it's surprising to see that the Warriors actually, at times, struggle to score points when Kevin Durant's not active, you know? Yeah, well, so I'm going to sound like a hater, all right? I'm going to sound like a hater, I know, but I can't help but say it because this is how I feel. Okay. But... I don't I don't get scared about playoff Steph. Playoff Steph Curry does not scare me. I don't I don't feel like this guy is should be considered like in the pantheon of of great playoff performers. You know what I mean? Hmm. To me he strikes me as a a front runner. So you you would you agree with Max Kellerman when he says that he'd rather have Andre Iguodala take the game winning shot over I, Steph Curry? I honestly I don't I I'm not gonna say yes or no to that, but I don't disagree with that. You know, wow. I don't disagree with that because honestly though, like 
he during the regular season he takes this these most ridiculous shots right and more often than not they he'll make them yeah. but but come playoff time he'll take these ridiculous shots and he'll miss them oftentimes and it's also just a terrible look it's just it doesn't it's such a it's a bad play you know and it happens a lot in the, in the playoffs especially with with Steph Curry you know there might be like kind of a lot riding on these finals for Steph because you think so obviously he's going to go down as like one of the i think he's already probably in the top 20 all time and yeah he, I, he's yet to win an NBA finals mvp right and if there was ever a time for him to step up and and take that MVP trophy, it would be these finals. Right. Now would be the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think right now he's, you know, quote-unquote quote, quote unquote, inner circle Hall of Famer kind of thing. Yeah. He's just not there yet, you know? Um, and, you know, back to the whole thing about Andre Iguodala. Um, when he took that shot, I knew that I knew that fucking shot was going to go in. He's, uh, he's the modern-day Robert Ory, basically. Yeah, that's what... Um, I think that's what Chauncey Billups said, or I forget who said that, but I agree. Well, that's kind of, I mean, Robert Ory is, <laughs> he's on another level in terms of role players. The guy is, how many rings does he have? Yeah, he has like seven rings. Yeah, he, like he's, he's on another level. But, yeah, Iguodala is, he is just, and what a luxury to have a guy like him. You know what I mean? He's like, what, you're sixth best player on that team yeah there's five all-stars and then Iguodala who was like a former all-star <laughs> yeah former <I> Olympian <laughs> all that yeah so this guy's amazing but yeah all credit to Iguodala when he put that shot up I was like fuck that's that's gonna go in you know yeah um but yeah I fear Iguodala to make the big play to make the big shot all those things I fear Iguodala more than Steph Curry um Clay Thompson. That is crazy. Clay Thompson's for sure. Steph is one of like the most. He'll he'll probably go down as the most efficient high volume shooter of all time. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But yet, um, you do feel like there's a different uh, version of him come playoff time. I I do. I really do. Like he, yeah, he just uh, he doesn't strike fear. He doesn't strike fear in my heart when I'm watching him play mm-hmm. in the playoffs. He doesn't strike... And you know, like, that may be completely anecdotal, but, like, you know, there's something to that, you know? For example, like Mike Bibby. Remember Mike Bibby, you know, when the yeah. Lakers were... Uh, the, the Lakers-Kings rivalry? When Mike Bibby was playing, that dude struck fear in my heart. Like, every time that guy put up a shot, I was thinking, that is an instant bucket. He was automatic for that entire series it's so automatic yeah to the point where i was like double team him, triple team him, whatever like give other people open shots you know because mike baby was if he put if he got the shot up it was going in but and i don't know his stats for that series i really don't all right yeah i'll look up okay stats. look it up but you know i just felt like i just knew that that guy was just killing us steph curry he doesn't I haven't I haven't seen him in a series where he's just been like utterly dominant, you know. Um, Clay Thompson, on the other hand, for sure. Yeah, what you're describing about Steph is like the opposite of what how I would describe Clay Thompson. 
is that he he raises his level of play come playoff time. Yep. And he is the one guy on the Warriors that, and I've been saying this for years, ever since that historic performance that pretty much changed the course of the NBA. Yeah. You know, at at OKC, ever right. since that moment, it was like. He's the one guy on that Warriors team that would bring them back from adversity, basically. Yeah, and let's talk about that game, actually. Uh, what was that game? That was game seven, right? That was game six. Or was that game six? Okay, game six, Clay Thompson at OKC was unconscious. I mean, the guy made... I think he had like 11 threes. Yeah. He scored like 41 points. <laughs> it was crazy. Some of the, see, I mean, he took some ridiculous shots. And they all just, they hit nothing but net. Yeah. But, you know, like, and like you said, he's a guy that you fear because he steps his game up, yeah. you know? Mike Bibby, by the way, shot 45% from the field during that. Uh, That's shocking to me right now, right? <laughs> How shocking is that? That's shocking, actually. Um,. But you know, there's something to that though. He hit know? the daggers though. Yeah, but there's something yeah. to that. If you think about it, like Steph Curry, he probably shot better than what Mike Bibby shot there in a lot of series. Yet you just don't feel like, oh, this guy's like you gotta fear him. You know what I mean? Well, the thing about yeah, Steph, take take this game two for instance. Mm-hmm. It was a bit of a mixed bag for him because he he was scoreless in the first quarter. And then I think he scored like 17 points in the second quarter. But then he finished the game with like 23 points. So that means he like scored six points in the second half. Right. So would you, how would you rate a performance like that? You know, he did have a one really good quarter that really helped. And that was, that was while Toronto was up too. Yeah. During that second quarter. But at the same time, it's like you expect your superstars to put in that work during the fourth quarter yeah or at least the third so yeah third it, it's, two, a, yeah. it's a bit of a mixed bag for steph uh steph's game too yeah for sure um and he doesn't he doesn't really have that signature game yet i feel like you know there's no signature game that i've seen where or i remember where i feel like wow you know he he really carried the team he had a couple of signature games against uh against Matthew Della Vadova <laughs> like four seasons ago but since then yeah it's um, yeah I mean I don't know how much you can fault him for that because they, their team is just so loaded it's like right he well like, he, he may not even need to but the know? thing is like I mean we've often said this many times but he's he's sort of the the engine he's the, he's the main guy and he's he's like he's a straw that stirs the drink for, for the Warriors. Right. I mean, regardless of what you think of his uh, yeah, playoff he is. moxie and performance, right. right? Right, he is. And that is so true in the regular season. However, when it however. comes to play- however, as Steph, you know, Stephen A would say, come playoff time, I don't feel that way anymore. You know? I feel that way about Kevin Durant. All of a sudden, I feel like it kind of shifts to Kevin Durant. You know? Kevin Durant was known for a long time to um not be able to get over the hump too but now you know two finals mvps later yeah it's a different story well okay so here and he's the most unique player i've ever sort of witnessed in my years of watching basketball um he's a guy where i feel like yeah he is kind of a mentally weak kind of player 
<laughs> okay. I do feel that way. Yet, he is so talented. He is so gifted that he performs in spite of his mentally, like... His mental makeup. His make- mental makeup, if that makes sense, you know? But that, that's just how I... That's kind of how, how I feel about the guy. He's so good. He's so physically and sk- gifted and skilled that it's, it dwarfs his mental makeup. And there's no other player that's quite like that, I feel like, you know? Okay, yeah. Um, you know, good mental makeup or not, he's still one of those guys that can carry a team to a championship. Right, right. Right. Yeah. And that, I guess, speaks to his talent level more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, let's talk about Clay Thompson a little bit. So this game, too, I think he scored, like, the first, like, 15 points for the Warriors or something like that. Part something, of the course. Something crazy like that. Right. He goes down with a pulled hamstring. And that injury didn't look good, actually, too. Yeah, it, it looked... he kind of landed very similarly to how, like, LeBron popped his groin. Yeah. It kind of looked like an awkward fall yeah, in that, that same and, fashion. It did not look good, yeah. Uh, but he, uh, I guess he just pulled his hamstring. You know, he was in good enough spirits to uh, <laughs> shit talk Drake after the game. So I don't think the hamstring was bothering him too much. Yeah. Uh, but that's a big, that's a big storyline. It's a big question mark. You know, for these finals now because... Yeah, these Warriors even, even are banged with, up. You know, a lot of people think like the Warriors need Kevin Durant to beat the Raptors. I'm not one of those guys. I still feel like they can uh, beat the Raptors without Kevin Durant. Yeah. But if you take away Klay Thompson too... Then it makes then it, it gets really interesting. Well, here's the thing though, like it would have absolutely been a great this would have been a series had they won this game two up 2-0 and also Clay Thompson's injured. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Clay Thompson's a little banged up. But it's not. It's one one now and like Golden State has home court advantage yeah, again. Yeah, this is the thing, is that and we've talked about this many, many times. The best team, the better team usually always wins in the NBA playoffs. Yeah. And if you're going to do if you're going to make those like rare like upsets, you cannot make any mistakes. You got to you got to you got to play a perfect or You have to capitalize on You got to capitalize. Yeah. Yeah, you really do. You cannot waste any opportunities and the Raptors wasted a huge opportunity in game 2. You know, I as much as this pains me to say I do I did find myself admiring like how they were how the Warriors were able to take control well third quarter though I was and I was just actually I'm glad you brought that up because I was just gonna say too though like that third quarter was very reminiscent of like past Laker Lakers team yeah they would do that they would go on these ridiculous 18-0 runs and That's you just true. felt, and you just felt like, oh yeah, here. I mean, who's who's sweating? Nobody's sweating. Like those, you know what I mean? You know those Shaq and Kobe Laker teams. It was, I don't, I can't, I lost count of like how many games I saw where they would just try for like six minutes in the entire game, yeah, and that would be enough. To, yeah, or to we'd be game. down eighteen points, yeah. 16, 18 points, and all of a sudden they just need to have one good quarter, and then or even half a quarter. Yeah. Like yeah, it just. And it looks like they're literally 
winning just because they just decided to just try for a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and that's what it felt like watching them in the third quarter. Um, yeah, like, think back to, like, you know, before Dirk Nowitzki became the Hall of Famer Dirk Nowitzki guy, mm-hmm. the championship-winning Dirk Nowitzki. During the Kobe uh, Shaq era, and those Dallas Mavericks teams were really good, too, during that era. But there was never a time where I was worried about those Mavericks. And it felt the same way. The Mavericks would be up, like, 20 points. And I'm never worried. I'm never worried. And lo and behold, we third quarter would start, or fourth quarter would start, and we just we'd make a ridiculous comeback. Or or the Lakers would still have like four minutes left in the game. Yeah, and that would be enough. Yeah, and we would just see Mark Cuban just looking just pissed as hell. You yeah. Know? So so the Warriors their run was very reminiscent of that. Yeah, it felt very familiar. So was it more? Um, was that run more of the result of? Golden State being who they are, or was it more Toronto? Toronto shit in the bed. Uh, yeah, shit in the bed. So to speak. well, I, I would, there's one player on Toronto that's yeah, yeah, pretty high on your shit list right now. Oh my god. <laughs> well, so if I were to give like an allocation of it, I would say it's like seventy five, twenty five. It's seventy five. Golden State. Golden State. They're just yeah. a, they're just a dominant team. This is the reason why the better team always wins. But the 25% is just the fact that the Raptors are they they just don't match the team talent-wise, you know? They 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 can't win if Kyle Lowry is their like yeah. second option. Right. Basically. Right. Someone else needs to step up. And, and the funny thing is like I'm a big I at least I used to be, but I I used to always um I used to always been like a Kyle Lowry fan. Well, he was a you know he was a fantasy sleeper for many years. Yeah, fantasy fantasy <laughs> basketball sleeper, you know. But also, just he's very tenacious. You know, he's just like it's easy to root for a guy like him. You know, he's a sort of an underdog type yeah, of player. Yeah, he, he he grinded his way to becoming an all star. Yeah, point but there. but man, does that guy not show up for big games? You know, we we touched on this too a few podcasts ago that he has built a bit of a stigma. Yeah. To his reputation because yeah. of that, you know? Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, if Kyle Lowry is your... I guess you can make a case that Pascal Siakam is your second best player. But it's arguable, right? You you can make a, make a case that Kyle Lowry, at the very least, is second think, in the pecking order. I think order. more people would say Kyle Lowry is the Sure, right. Best that's, and yeah. that's what I was going to go with. But if he's your second best player, it's... You got problems, especially yeah. going up. Especially going up against a team like the Warriors, you know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are thinking that Fred Van Fleet is a better option right now. Oh, than Kyle when Lowry I was right watching now. that game, I, I was thinking, "Holy shit, this guy is a revelation right now." He was like, he's he looked aggressive. He looked like he he, he looked fearless out there. So he looked good, you know. I'd start his ass over Kyle Lowry. Well, <laughs> no, I'm well just let's see how he plays uh, away from home because, like these, role, you know, role players typically when they go on the road in the playoffs, it's right. That's it's night true. and day. That is true. You know, Pascal Siakam um, disappeared. He had 12 points on five of 18 shooting. I think the game before he was like 13 of 16. Like he had like an amazing. Yeah, game. he made what like. It, like 11 straight field goals or yeah, something like but, that. But it's like, at least he had that really good game. Right. Whereas Kyle Lowry, it's almost like 
you can't expect him to ever um, have a, a blow blowout performance like that. Well, I mean, the guy never shoots. His percentages are pretty bad. He Although never he had a really it. good. I I feel like he had a good series against the Bucks though. But, yeah. Uh, so far, you know. He I, just doesn't give you confidence, you know. <laughs> just doesn't give you confidence. I mean, all. I was watching the game, and then you know he was. He was doing his thing, and <laughs> I didn't really think too much of it until I got your text messages, and then I'm like, oh yeah, he is kind of, you know, dogging it right now. He is, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, there's plenty of there's plenty of blame to go around. For uh, sure. In that Raptors squad right for now, sure. though. Yeah, Because, sure. you know. Well, Ka- except Kawhi for was, one guy. Kawhi was just about the only guy that was like, uh, him and Van Fleet. They were like right. the two guys that were. But. Stepping up the most. Okay, so I mean, let's talk about Kawhi because, in all honesty, like we said, it's seventy-five twenty-five. It's the Warriors just being the Warriors. They're just we can we can talk till our faces are blue and say that the Raptors are just shitty. But in all honesty, they're a great team. It's just that the Warriors are an all-time team. But let's talk about Kawhi. He is. Is there any player that has raised his stock? We kind of crazy to say higher than Kawhi because he, I mean, his stock was already obviously pretty high because yeah. he's a superstar. But this guy, a lot of people were kind of, have kind of forgotten about him, you know. I mean, people are saying like he's the closest thing to Jordan now. <laughs> well, like, as if they forgot about Kobe already. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, it's but people did really did sleep on him. They forgot him. I and mean, we even in amongst our own friends. Oh, there was yeah. a we had a friend in our group who was saying how Paul George maybe possibly probably is better than Kawhi at the start of the season, right? Yeah, we both disagreed with him. We pretty much shut yeah. him down on that one. But I mean, just just that those words left his mouth, <laughs> you know, just the fact that he even uttered that, let alone thought that, he just goes to show that you know he people people forgot about. Kawhi Leonard, yeah, going to the season, you know, yeah. Um, Although he he's never had to really be be the man, be the man for an entire playoff run, mm-hmm. I guess until now. Well, I mean, he was he was on that path with the Spurs until um, they had that fallout um, until Zaza pretty much took him out <laughs> single handedly. Uh, but this was really his first opportunity to carry a team. Right. Uh, for an entire playoff run, and we're seeing that he's more than capable. Task. More than capable. Yeah. So uh, I'll ask you again, and you know, um, our stance has always been with uh, prospective free agents this summer. Yeah, I think we've always we've both agreed this entire time that if if we had a choice. For any player to join the Lakers, that we would probably choose Kevin Durant. Now that you've witnessed what Kawhi Leonard is capable of yeah. through this playoff run, does that change your answer at all? I don't know. I it's all it's hard to say. I it's for me now. It's it's literally a toss up between the two. You know, hmm. it was kind of like almost like you know we said that Kevin Durant was like that unattainable girl who's like 11 out of a 10 and yeah. Kawhi is like still a solid like 9 who's like just the one you marry right yeah but now I'm just feeling like shit Kawhi is like 
sleeping on this person. She's actually not only wifey material, but she's just amazing in every aspect of it too, yeah, you know? Yeah. Cause like th this one thing about Kawaii too is that when I was watching him play, I was like, dude, this guy's game is ageless. You know? Is it was never about like versatility or like not versatility, but ath uh, athleticism but with this guy, you know? It's just all about his damn measurables, you know, his length, his wingspan, and his handle, his ability to, his upper body strength. They talk about that a lot. Yeah. Like, that, that is going to age. He can, he can do that till, I don't know, for like another eight years, you know, no problem. I would say that he's a more reliable scorer than LeBron at this point. Sure. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm not gonna go into maybe you know well who, you know who's better. I would like to see that problem. Like, it's a good problem to have, you know, on the team. Like but who would be the alpha dog on a Kawhi Lebron team? Is that what you're? No, to? no, 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 no. What just based off what your your statement of saying that he's, you know, more reliable offensively than Lebron? Yeah, I mean, because Lebron just, makes some ridiculous fuck you threes that, you know. I don't know if Kawhi is, has a history of doing that, but no, he doesn't. Yeah, but I'm talking about if you need a bucket mm -hmm. in a crucial moment of a playoff game. Yeah, like I would rather give the ball to Kawhi personally. Sure, maybe. LeBron is by far a better playmaker. Yeah, by far. Okay, a better finisher. That's at fair. The rim. Okay, I I can. Uh, Kawhi's a better defender. Yeah. Oh, with no question. Yeah. LeBron uh, is better at guarding bigs. <clears throat> I guess. LeBron's more athletic. For sure. Uh, but yeah, just strictly uh, speaking on scoring, the ability to score one-on-one, -on -one, I would give the nod to Kawhi. And I have more, I have more uh, confidence in him being able to like... He has actual like post moves, which is like yeah. kind of a rarity now in today's NBA. Yeah, you know he's a he's just a very versatile, like gifted player. Yeah, I mean, but with that said, I would still take Kevin Durant over, over Kawhi. Kawhi. Okay, yeah. Um, but at this point, it's kind of like I don't know if we're gonna get either. You know, right. I felt pretty damn confident that we were oh, gonna get been, Kawhi. Oh, you've been conf you've been the most confident. I've been the most the confident, but time. but I gotta say. Uh, the news about him buying a house in Toronto, yeah. that got me shook. <laughs> that shook me like... Wait, so you, so you think that that's kind of a big deal? I do. I do. Um, I think it's a big deal because, I don't know, Kawhi is just such a wild card, you know? Look, it could just be him investing in real estate. You know, Toronto is one of the best cities in the world. Uh, buying property out there is a good investment. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. LeBron man. still has property in Miami. You know, it's not. Maybe. I, I think you know a lot of players have property in L.A., but obviously, like, not everyone's wanting to come to L.A. These but his situation is a little different. You know, like he he got. It's like if you're if you were in Kawhi's shoes and your whole focus was like, hey, this is just a stopgap. I'm I'm out of here after this one year. I'm gonna sign with LA or sign elsewhere. And then to all of a sudden buy a house in the place that you were thinking I'm only it's only gonna be a stopgap. Yeah. It, it gives me a little pause that he did that. Yeah. You know. You know him. If he were to re-up with Toronto, 
that could be the start of uh, a sea change in the way a lot of franchises do business. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, they'll. I think they'll. It just shows you that you got to be very aggressive, right? Yeah, it proves. I mean, we see we saw it with Paul George. Yeah. If it happens again with Kawhi, it just proves that you can gamble on run, one year rentals, right? Quote unquote one year rentals, and that might pay huge dividends. Yeah. Which could potentially have ripple effects with a one Anthony Davis who still has a year left right in his contract too. It really puts the onus on the Lakers to really make a deal, right? Yeah. Um, and by all indications, Anthony Davis is like priority number one based on everything that's coming out lately. Yeah. I'm they, just, I'm really bummed that the Bucks didn't beat the tra- Raptors. Yeah, that would have, um, that would have made for a much more comfortable NBA Finals viewing experience. Like, I, I, you know, call me crazy, but I just can't imagine news breaking out that Kawhi has bought a home in, in Toronto. If they got eliminated? Yeah, if they got eliminated. <laughs> he'd be back in LA already. Yeah, he'd be back in LA. He'd be saying, you know, they'd have a press conference. And he'd be saying, you know what, I just need a time to reset. Just take my mind off the season, like, and you know, I'm just gonna just, you know, and, and he's gonna dispel rumors about how, hey, just because I'm in LA doesn't mean I'm gonna sign here, but everyone's gonna be like, oh, he's coming to LA, you know, all that shit's gonna happen. But instead, we're in the fucking finals, and now he's buying a house in Toronto, you know what I mean? Well, one, one thing that one thing that we do have going for us is that there's clearly not a second superstar on the Raptors right now. Right. Even even uh, you know, I do I do think Siakam has like a really high ceiling, but it's gonna take him like a few seasons. I feel like to be that be a star player if yeah. he's if he's of a get championship to, squad. Uh, yeah, if he's gonna get there, which I think he is capable of doing, yeah. but it's gonna take him a few more years. And I don't I don't see a guy like Kawhi wanting to wait around for that. Right. Whereas you know you come to the Lakers and it's like a ready made situation for him. Right. He's back home. He has a superstar running mate. You know? Right. And it's all it's all right there for him. Um, it's all nicely packaged for him to reel off some championships. So that if you think about it that way, there there's a lot going for the Lakers in that regard. So let me ask you though, do you buy buy into this whole idea that the Clippers are a front runner for Kawhi? I think, to me, that just I, I, I think so they're weird, though. I think they're a player for sure. But don't you think that's just so weird? Like, why yeah. would he want to go to the Clippers? I mean, you know, if you if you go on um, Lakers Twitter, yeah, there's inevitably going to be at least one guy every so often that's going to retweet um, a tweet from Woj last uh-huh. summer, uh-huh. where he tweeted out uh, as. As the Lakers sign LeBron James, uh, Kawhi Leonard's stance still remains unchanged. He wants to be a Laker. It's like a really famous tweet that uh, Woj put out there last summer. Uh-huh. And every so often, a uh, Lakers fan will retweet that <laughs> to remind us of like how narratives just to feel, change. Just to feel good about ourselves. Well, and also like you know, because everyone's like, a lot of media is reporting how big of a player the Clippers are now. Right. Whereas just a summer ago, it was just like everyone knew that he wanted to come to the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, because the thing is with, uh, you know, the thing is about 
the Clippers is that I, I I get that they've got a lot of good pieces in place. I get that uh, the ownership is leagues ahead of Genie Bus and that fucking clown show, right? I mean, I think Balmer's a little overrated, but yeah, really better, well, better than Genie Bus. Well, and also he's yeah. got deep fucking pockets, if anything, right? Um, but you know, I get all that, right? Uh-huh. But honestly, like. If you're a superstar, like, why would you choose the Clippers over the Lakers? Because as dysfunctional as that Lakers squad is, to have LeBron on that team is such a huge trump card to have. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's very, it's very confusing that that the Clippers would even be on that, just, he would, that the Clippers would even be mentioned, you know? Well, I think another reason why it's so confounding to the both of us yeah. is because... You and I, we we're L.A. born and bred, right? Right. And so is so is Kawhi. He's from Southern California. So people that are from here, they know about what the Laker brand means. Right. They also know what the Clipper brand means, and it's like it's, it's so bad. No comparison in that regard. It's so bad. It's like it's like someone saying, "Hey, do you?" I'm gonna give you a free car. Would you do you want a BMW or do you want a Honda Civic? It's like the Clippers are you are generally hated on in LA for the most part. Oh, they're they're a laughing stock. Like every time CP3 was at a Dodgers game and they showed him on the jumbotron, he would get booed. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm. So it's not I even. I gotta think a guy like Kawhi knows that. Yeah, so that's okay. It's not even like comparing the Clippers to a Honda Civic. It's like I don't know what's a really shitty car, but it's that's essentially what it is. It's like if someone were to offer you a BMW versus like like a Pinto or something. <laughs> yeah, or even like a car that's kind of ridiculed, like a Kia Soul or something. Dodge Neon. A Dodge Neon, right? It's like a Ford Taurus, right? Like, who in their right mind would be like, ah, I'm gonna just. I'm gonna go, go with, with the Taurus. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking crazy, you know. But you know, Kawhi is a pretty he's a, unique. He's dude. a nutty guy. He's a nutty guy. So, I think that's adding to why like the odds makers are uh, putting the odds. Yeah. In the Clippers' favor. And if there's one, point. I know that there's one thing that you and I definitely put a lot of stock in. Is we put a lot of stock in odds makers, you know. Yeah, they have. Um, odd Shark has. The Clippers as a plus 120 to get Kawhi, followed by the Raptors resigning him at plus 125, and then you have the Lakers at plus 308. Let me get another one, too. <laughs> All right, you want to get some, drink some beers here. So the top three right now is the Clippers at plus 120, the Raptors at 125, and the Lakers at plus 300. And then you have, you know, the Brooklyn Nets and New York Knicks, who aren't really serious uh, players for Kawhi Leonard. Plus three hundred is not—it's not great stat, or it's not—it's not great odds, though. I can you read know? you the excerpt from this article posted by Odd Shark about the well, Lakers I... at plus three hundred. Yeah. All right, let's hear. It. it reads, "I'm only including the Lakers as a potential candidate to land Kawhi because of the Los Angeles factor." And that he would get to play with LeBron James, who is obviously better than anyone on the Raptors roster. That being said, Kawhi strikes me as someone who is very low profile and doesn't like drama. Well, the Lakers have that in spades right now. 
The turmoil in Laker Nation is making front page news despite them not making the playoffs. And they have been linked to nearly every potential free agent as a means to improve their floundering roster. The other storyline is Anthony Davis. The Lakers seem to be more intent on getting a trade done with the Pelicans to pair him up with LeBron. And until the fire of that story dies down, I find it highly unlikely that Kawhi would opt to sign with the Purple and Gold. Well, that makes a lot of sense. That does make sense. So my question, though, is, again, is it possible for us to get both Kawhi and Anthony Davis? So I think what needs to happen is that the Lakers will need to sign Kawhi first okay. and then trade for Anthony Davis. Yeah. But if you do believe that the Lakers are prioritizing Davis over Kawhi, that makes it harder. Okay. Because I, I... I mean, that would be... That would be fucking amazing. I would... Un- I, you know, on, on a lot of levels, I understand prioritizing Anthony Davis if Rob Polinka feels like that's the more realistic get. You're right. Then you gotta do that. Right. So it's really on Rob right now on gauging the interests of like these potential free agents. Like what are the realistic chances that he can recruit Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers? Right. So I, I this leads me to something that I wanted to do today. Obviously, this 2019 free agent class is a monster free agent class. Um, not so much in the sense of like there are so many big names that could be, potentially become Lakers. It's more that I feel like after the dust is settled, like the league's gonna look a lot different. Okay. You know. Sure. Like, I mean, we think Kevin Durant's leaving Golden State, yeah. right? Yeah. That in itself is a big change. It pretty much signals the end of the Warriors dynasty. You know, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, Kyrie Irving is probably going to leave Boston. So, like, there's going to be a lot of changes that's going to shake up the entire league. Right. So, what I wanted to do was um, kind of go over these big, bigger names out there in the free agent market. And on a scale of 1 to 10, what, what you think the free agent's interest level is in coming to the Lakers and then another scale of 1 to 10 on what do you think the Lakers' ability to get this said free agent is. So there's okay. two different scales Okay. for each free agent. Sure, alright. So let's just start with the biggest fish, Kevin Durant. Okay. On a scale of 1 to I know for the longest time <laughs> you were very confident that Kevin Durant could become a Laker next year. I think I felt at, pretty good. I think at some point you put it at, a, I would say you were like a 9 out of 10 yeah. on your confidence level. I was. So where are you at now? I would say I'm at a 7. Oh, that's still pretty good. That's still pretty high. Yeah, because I feel like narratives can change. I, I just, I don't buy this whole thing about him wanting to be in New York. I still don't buy that. There's a... Um, <clears throat> I think Katie's sponsored by Nike, right? There's a Nike t-shirt yeah. that just recently um, came out. Yeah. It's a Kevin Durant t-shirt. And on the back, it lists like cities. Yeah. And these are all the cities that he has 
stopped at to play for. So it says like the top line is like Washington D.C. because that's where he's from, and then the second line is like Austin, Texas, because he went to you know Texas. Texas, right? And then after that was Oklahoma City, right? And then and the next Golden line State. is um, Oakland, California, right? And then the next line is San Francisco, California. Oh, which means which kind of hints at him re-upping with the Warriors. Whoa, that that's. I'm I'm shook again. Yeah. I'm shook, man. That's fucking crazy. Was that did that make did that make waves? I the, just on, saw it on Twitter. I don't know. That seems kind of crazy. It'd be different. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Was this side by side? You know what I mean? Was it like Oakland slash San Francisco? No, no. It was like <laughs> two separate lines. Because <laughs> you know that is so intentional. That is very intentional. You know, to put it on separate lines. Yeah, so I think generally, like, most people thought that Kevin Durant was going to leave. Mm-hmm. But if you think about the prospect of him possibly re-signing with the Warriors, I don't know. I mean, well, it's I, not completely I, out of the question. I, I agree. And one thing, is though, is that I think uh, Draymond, he'll re-up. The possibility of him, him Kevin Durant, re-upping is very high. If Draymond is gone. And I can see him saying it's either me or Draymond. And they'll say 10 out of 10 times, all right, we'll go with you, Kevin. You know? And I'm so a Draymond still, fan, to be honest. You're still buying into them. I, I am. Not being I am. done with each other. Yeah, I am. Because Ooh. those two just do not mix well. Yeah, one's very you know? intense and one's very sensitive. One's very intense and one's a fucking just habitual line stepper, man. The guy, Draymond is just like, he'll he's, fuck with you a, just... He's a very like in your grill type Yeah, he's type in your guy. face and he'll yeah. just fucking say it to your face, you know? And Kevin Durant is meanwhile like, you know. I mean, we've talked about like the mentally fragile Warriors players, but yeah. I think Draymond is like not one of those guys. No. He definitely steps it up. He does. You know. And I got to say, as much as I hate on the Warriors, and as much as I hate on even Draymond, because Draymond's kind of an easy target, Draymond Green, he's such a unique player, but he fills up the stat sheet when it really counts. He's probably close to averaging a triple-double right now. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not... Like, I remember Game 7 against the Cavs a couple years ago. He had like thirty something points. The guy like, brought it, yeah. man. So he's he's a stud. Um, but yeah, you have to choose Kevin Durant over Draymond, and I could totally see that. I could totally see Durant resigning, with the caveat that he says, "Okay, yeah, yeah, Draymond's out." Yeah, but it still seems to me that you're reasonably. I'm confident. feeling pretty good. I'm still feeling pretty good. I mean. Like one of them's got a stick, Kevin Durant or Kawhi, you know. You just you just throwing <laughs> shit on a wall, yeah, and hoping something sticks. Yeah. Okay, so that's uh, segue into Kawhi. Well, before before we get to Kawhi, so you said your confidence level that Dre, that uh, Kevin Durant would be interested in coming to LA is a seven out of ten. Yeah. So, what is your level of confidence in the Lakers being able to sign him? him? Yeah. Oh. Factor probably, in, probably a three. Well, factor in the state of the front office. Yeah, factor probably in a three. L.A. Factor in LeBron yeah. recruiting two. I'll, I'll give it a three. Oh, so it, does, it sounds like you're not very confident that it's going to happen then. 
just because of the factors involved, you know? The like state the whole, of the Lakers right the now? The state of the Lakers, um, the fact that Kyrie's in there just kind of fucking shit up with this whole, like, wanting to recruit him to New York. Although that just seems so far-fetched still, you know? But... We'll talk about Kyrie. Yeah. There's been yeah. recent news. I'll go with three, too. though. I'll go with three. Okay. So it's uh, iffy. Iffy at best. Yeah. So move on to... Let's move on to Kawhi, the man of this playoffs. On a scale of one to ten, what is your <laughs> confidence level that Kawhi Leonard is still wanting to be a Laker? A nine. And it was a 10 before I found out that he fucking bought a house in Toronto, man. <laughs> oh, so that that uh, real estate purchase only uh, took it down one notch then. But I don't know. It was at a solid 10 for a long ass what time. About this, what about this run that the Raptors are on right now? Does that... You know... It might work, uh, it might work in the Lakers' favor because this guy is like... He must be completely fucking exhausted after every game. <laughs> well, another thing though too is like, I don't know, like, I, it'd be a different story if it was just him. You know, I feel like his uncle is pretty hell bent on bringing him to LA. That's that's my opinion. Uncle Dennis. Yeah. Don't you think so? Yeah. I yeah. mean I mean, that guy is. Uh... Laker Nation is a fan of Uncle Dennis. At the <laughs> yeah. Moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I I just feel like, uh, I I still feel good that he he wants to come to LA. So nine, okay. Uh, on a scale of one to ten on what you think uh, the eight. Lakers' ability eight. Yeah. Okay, sounds like you feel good about Kawhi still. And I'm I'm gonna say this right now. Those are the highest chances I'm given out of all the players you listed. More than Anthony Davis? Yeah, more than I'm Anthony gonna Davis. Come, well, Anthony Davis is next. Yeah. So. Obviously, like, does he want to become a Laker? Yeah, it's a 10. That's a 10, right. Yeah, he wants to be a Laker. Right. Will he be a Laker? Yeah, that's... See, I feel like that's maybe a 6 or a 7. Yeah. Because it's not up to the Lakers or the player, you know? It's up to the fucking cop pluckers. Well, there, you know, there have been recent reports that a lot of people within the Pelicans organization loved, quote unquote, loved that package that was reportedly offered. Yeah, you know, and the, what's so interesting about is that all this, uh, you, you're seeing all this, like, new tweets and new, like, word coming out of, like, the New Orleans office like did you hear about the new thing that alvin gentry said about how he, how loves, he loves brandon ingram no he said he loves the idea of pairing lonzo ball with Zion. uh drew no drew holiday oh and like i just find it that so cute sick back like defensive wise right no but sick but it's course. i find that very curious that he's saying that right now you know what i mean and i and i think that they're sort of laying the groundworks right now you know, you saying Alvin Gentry got a little has a little little finger in him. Like, I mean, come on, he he's, yeah, scheming, yeah. Scheming you know, they're bit. all talking. You know, David, you know, Griffin and and Gentry, they're all talking about what you know what their plans are for the off season. Right. So yeah. I think for sure, like they, it's it's like you're not gonna say that unless you're thinking maybe like, do we need to make this deal and soften the blow of losing Anthony Davis? You know, 
If you are so determined to not trade Anthony Davis to uh, the Lakers, you're not going to be saying these things. 100%. If your stance with the franchise is, look, no matter what, we're not going to send Anthony Davis to LA, then you're not going to say things like, oh my God, Lonzo Ball with Drew Holiday? I would love that. It just doesn't make sense to say that. I mean, you might be trying to bait in Rob Linka to the point where he's like, I gotta have Anthony Davis now. Overpaying, so right? Close. Yeah. Overpaying, yeah. right. Which, like I said, well, I mean, like, you know, what I mean is you're still gonna get Anthony Davis, though. Anthony Davis still is coming to LA, you know? And that's a different stance between New Orleans saying, no matter what, we're not, we're not trading Anthony yeah. Davis. I mean, I think we're at the point now where it's... You you can there is an overpay for Anthony Davis. Even a guy that's sure. entering his prime superstar player. Yeah. I still feel like there's a scenario where the Lakers get Anthony Davis and it still fucks them in the end. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. It's possible. If, I think the only way we Brandon get fucked. Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, and like two first round picks you know go out the door for anthony davis right that's not gonna sit well with me yeah but we it it's it's a i don't know it's a decent consolation prize to have anthony davis and lebron james on one team true you know true yeah Uh, yeah i i mean it's uh i i would give i would give anthony davis the highest odds to become a laker at this point out of all the big names out there for the summer um but you you think it's Kawhi, which I would, I'm all for that too. Yeah, don't get me wrong. All right, let's move on to Kyrie. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a three. Yeah, yeah, I think it's all smokescreen. So I I think um it was recently I forget who rip, who tweeted the rumor, but uh, sources quote unquote sources are saying that. Kyrie's choices are down to the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> that is just wild to me. I want to know who the source is. Is this some kid off a of forum? It might be like Rick Buecher or someone, but um, that's what's that's the latest news. On that's the wild Kyrie to front me right now. The idea that Kyrie would team up with D'Angelo Russell, and by the way, I think D'Angelo Russell, <laughs> like D'Angelo Russell, is going to resign with. With the Nets, hundred percent, in my opinion. But I, and if that happens, it's going to be a huge overpay. <laughs> all right, all right. But I will say, I'm just saying, like the idea of pairing him with D'Angelo Russell, and I, you know me, I'm a D'Angelo Russell fan. That is a disaster, in my opinion. That makes no sense to me. Uh, you're basically the three other guys on the court with them are basically going to be like yeah. what the hell are we doing they're right just now on they're the court? basically just trying to rebound yeah you know um well it would work out still for Jared Allen you know maybe cuz he's not really they're not really running plays for him maybe i mean he he might average 15 and 10 just based off of like you know rebounds and putbacks and yeah, stuff yeah putbacks but that's a disaster right there yeah it would um it would not bode well for uh, Karis Levert or uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. But I mean, the people have been saying this whole time that he wants to 
come to New York. That's like the speculation. <clears throat> and Brooklyn Ky- does have a better situation than the Knicks. You know, we talk about how Kawhi is a, a wild card. There's no bigger wild card than fucking Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. Yeah. He's a bit Kyrie, of a head case, right? Kyrie Irving is fucking Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in yeah, Philadelphia. He's a, bit of a, he's he's a, bit a of wild a head, card, head bitches. Case. Yeah, that guy is like... Yeah. So I give it a three, but hey, who knows? It could be a fucking ten. We just yeah, don't know. I, give it, a, I give it a question mark. Yeah, he's... <laughs> Data incomplete. <laughs> um, but yeah, I... I, I would be surprised if he comes to the Lakers. He's he's a joke. He's Heath Ledger. He's a Joker from yeah. from <laughs> Dark Knight. You know, as as much as you think Kyrie would be a Kyrie and D'Angelo would be a bad pairing, I think him and Lonzo would be a really good nice pairing though. Well, That's a good pairing. Well, I mean, Lonzo is would be a great pairing with like ninety nine percent of the players out there. It would it would also, you know, shore up the shooting woes on the Lakers team yeah. because he's a fantastic shooter. Yeah. So no, I, Lonzo, it would be a very intriguing. I would I would be very intrigued if Kyrie came to the Lakers. Listen, you know how I feel. How you know how I feel about Kyrie and how much I just detest his personality. He's such a he's such a pseudo intelligent. Like he he's such an ass clown. But he's so good. He is so fucking good that yeah, I would I would welcome him with open arms to the Lakers for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it seems like a pipe dream right now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go with Clay Thompson next. This is this is a one and a one. I mean, I almost the fact that he got snubbed for All NBA and lost out on the Supermax. Yeah, I feel like that helped Golden State immensely. Probably because. Is Clay Thompson a Supermax player? I don't know. That's I think people would you know, debate that. People would debate that. It's not a slam dunk, right? Right. I, yeah. You can justify him being one, for sure. Yeah. But you I mean, his also, resume speaks for itself. You can also justify him not being one. Yeah, because if you look at his stats, you're not they, they don't jump out to you other than his, let's say, his three-point percentage. You know what I mean? Literally, but he's always he's very he's gonna be reliable on that though. Yeah, and he's a Hall of Famer because he's he started off this season like in a terrible slump. Yeah, and then he ended up still shooting over forty percent. But honestly, like even taking out this year, right? If you were to not look at his elite three point shooting, and you look at his other stats, you if you didn't know his name was attached to that stat line. You would not think that this guy is a max player, right? I mean, you're you you're know? signing him for his uh, his shooting, his defensive versatility, and his the fact that he's been coming there. up clutch in the and playoffs. the fact that yeah, the fact that he's a proven winner, the, a guy who's been there for he's yeah, he's a proven guy. Yeah, so I think that I think that he's I would be shocked if he didn't re up with the Warriors. Same. Yeah. So I'm not even. Counting him as a free agent this summer. You're giving a zero zero. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not <laughs> happening. You know. I'm giving it a one one just because he's Michael Thompson's son, man. Michael Thompson is at least gonna like whisper. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe point five. Yeah. Okay. Point five out of ten. All right. Uh, all right. Let's move on to uh, Boogie Cousins. That's a bit of an interesting he one. He is interesting. He is interesting. 
as much as um as much as we like boogie in this scenario he would definitely have to be like a backup a contingency plan because oh my god we know how much we know how much the lakers are going after ad they wouldn't be going after both of these guys yeah right? and al- and also if if we didn't sign anyone except for demarcus cousins that is that is a hundred percent absolute failure of an offseason yeah i mean i think that that's um, a disaster I, I mean demarcus cousins is like a prime candidate for an overpay this summer right right you know I mean, yeah because Rick, whether or not you think he's can fully recover from his achilles injury it's it's gonna be a risk for sure um so yeah it's and he's still i think um game two was like his third ever playoff game and he was good he was good he was good but uh he he still needs a lot more experience uh with that type of environment you know and and also was he the one that got that technical or was that Steph Curry? I think, I think it was Steph Curry. Yeah, because I was just gonna say like, you know, that when... would have been a bullshit technical if they gave it on Boogie right. Cousins. But I was just gonna say like, you know, when when the chips are down and like you just when the stakes are so high, and you have a head case like Demarcus Cousins, and if you were to get like, let's say he's on your team, he's on the Lakers, and it's a crucial moment in the game, and Demarcus Cousins does something where he incurs a technical in the most crucial of times. Like, he would be in my fucking doghouse, like, so quickly. Well, I think... There's some, nothing that just irks me more than something like that. I think like some that. of that has to do with his perception, though, because... Well, you mean how he's perceived you, and you how You could make a case that Draymond Green is on that same level in, in terms of, yeah, like, incurring true. technical fouls. Yeah, but we don't true. look at him that way. That's true. Uh, but he does have that reputation, yeah. you know, that's working against him. So yeah, I I would uh, I would put the odds on Demarcus Cousins to the Lakers pretty low, relatively. Yeah, and I feel like that's mutual too, you know. Yeah. Like the feelings are mutual. I don't think the Lakers are placing him very high on the list. Yeah, let's move on to uh, Jimmy Butler. That is an interesting name. Yeah. That is very interesting. Like he's definitely. I would have to think he's like a Plan B. Yeah, and I'll say as a Plan B. It's a great, it, yeah. It's a great plan B. It's a pretty damn good plan B. But would Jimmy Butler be okay with being a plan B though? <laughs> he doesn't strike me as a type to be like, oh, what now? Because you couldn't get Kevin Durant, now you're coming to me. Well, okay. That aside, though, I will say this: like, if we were to get a guy like, if we were to get Jimmy Butler, I think you have to get, you have to get a second star. Like, you know, like getting Kawhi. Just getting Kawhi is a great offseason. Whatever happens after that is icing on the cake. Let's figure it out. Let's figure out the rest. Like, let's just go. Let's, let's just kind of go with it, right? Yeah. If you get a guy like Jimmy Butler, I, I, I have to think you would need to absolutely get, for example, an Anthony Davis, you know? Hmm. Because he's, like, Jimmy Butler is just not. He doesn't move the needle enough. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. And I feel like if you get a guy like Jamie Butler, then yeah, you'll you'll have to get that third star, and then I'm ready to go, man. Can you imagine if we got Jimmy Butler and Anthony Davis? Holy shit, I would absolutely go to war with that for sure. All right, let me give you two scenarios, and I think we've like done this many times already, but yeah. I mean, 
things are fluid and we change our minds. Uh, but as of today, let me throw up these two scenarios at you. Okay. Scenario one is what you just uh, described would be LeBron, Jimmy Butler, and Anthony Davis. But okay. that would also mean that Ingram, Kuzma, and Lonzo Ball, and let's just say Darius Garland, or whoever they draft at number yeah. four, is gone. Right. So that's scenario one. And scenario two would be LeBron, and basically the young core that we have right now, and Kawhi Leonard. I think I'd rather have Kawhi Leonard. That's, um... I gotta say that I feel like that's a bit actually, of a departure for for your uh, actually I don't know for your style because you, yeah you're, you're, you're right. very much on the superstars <laughs> yeah you know what I don't know I that is very interesting I, I you know what I I think I'd have to go with the Jimmy Butler Anthony Davis only because the Anthony Davis is so good you know mm-hmm. I think I'd have to yeah I'd have to change my stance on that I I think yeah. But the other scenario, we get to keep your boy Brandon Ingram, though. Yeah. And do. Kawhi and LeBron. Well, also, you get more options with that second scenario. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, there's uh, It's a deeper roster. Yeah. I think that's why like, I, 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 my initial feeling was to go with the Kawhi, because, the Kawhi scenario because you, it, it gives you a, a whole bunch of options. You could still make trades with that, yeah. that squad. With... The Jimmy Butler, Anthony Davis, LeBron trio, you're that's 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 who you're going with, you know? And and I'm absolutely would be ecstatic with that, but yeah, it, it leaves very little margin error, margin for error. You know, cause this in this day like you know, years ago I would have probably have without a doubt chosen the LeBron A D Jimmy Butler package because that big man is like so important. You right. Know? But now it's like because of this Warriors dynasty, you can the the Warriors every seven footer right now in the NBA should curse the Warriors because they that this era basically devalued yeah. the center position like yeah. so significantly yeah. to the point where we're looking at like deals contracts like the one that Clint Capella has and it we're like that just doesn't look like a great deal anymore. Dude, Even though Capella is like a solid really guy. good player. Solid guy. He was my pick for midseason defensive player of the year. It's like every center nowadays, if you're not Anthony Davis, basically, you have to, for it to be worth having on your roster, it has to be like a Brook Lopez type of contract. You know? Or like a Nikola, Nikolai uh, Jokic, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, but he's, I, he's a superstar. Right, he's a superstar. I would, I would right. throw him in that superstar right. boat, you know? Right, right. No, I mean, you're absolutely right, though. Yeah, I think the Warriors have changed the game, and because of that, like, we have to adjust to it, you yeah. know? So, in, in that in that vein, I would probably choose the uh, Kawhi package there. Yeah. You know? It'd be a good problem to have, either scenario. It would be a good problem to have. Yeah. You know, I hope it's not scenario C, where it's just, uh, <laughs> you know, Rob Palenka with his hands out, like, empty pockets, like, what just happened? <laughs> Or sitting in a burning house thinking, this is fine. This is... <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, wouldn't you say, though, like, just having Jimmy Butler this offseason, I just... It would be so unsatisfying. <laughs> to, quote, to quote Teddy KGB yeah. from Rounders? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I guess the last really big name out there is uh, Campbell Walker. 
You know, I am a fan of Kemba Walker. Yeah. I'm a fan of Kemba Walker. And I will actually say this. I'm a bigger fan of Kemba Walker than Jimmy Butler, actually. Oh. Yeah. Do I tell. Said I said Do it. Do explain. No, I think Kemba Walker has really proven to be a absolute stud of a player. And he's proven that he could carry a team. Maybe, I don't. we don't know if he can obviously carry a team to the finals or past that. But he's proven to be able to be a, a superstar caliber player. Um, and also, he's just not of a, as a head case as Jimmy Butler. You know? He's got one nasty crossover. Yeah, that's for sure. he's he's an awesome player. So I, I would not mind him on the Lakers at all. Uh, he would pair with Lonzo very well. Very well. His shooting percentages are not the best, though. But he's a guy who's like he's got that sort of Damian Lillard type of yeah yeah you know thing where it's like. Yeah, his stats may not jump out on you, but when you watch the game, you just know that he's, you know, he's got the goods. Right, right. But I would still say that that's a long shot. Yeah, I think it's a long just shot. because it. I mean, it it feels like this free agency, there's a problem of abundance, mm. like too many options, mm-hmm. to the point where I think it might confuse. <laughs> Rob Polinka. You know? Wow, you you have no you know you have no confidence, Rob Polinka. You have no confidence in the guy. You you basically said that this guy is such a simpleton that he's just like No, no, no. I'm <laughs> look. My confidence is shaken for sure. Alright. Okay, it's not it's not uh, rock solid. Alright. It's not like we have Jerry Buss or Jerry West in the fold. Right. So yeah, I mean, I am a little skeptical. I mean, I'm definitely in wait and see mode right right now. All right. So I'm just hedging my bets. Right, I'm not. I don't want to get my hopes up too high. But it it would be a disaster if we didn't get anyone any one of these guys, right? That's a disaster. This season is a failure if we don't get a marquee free agent or. So who are the marquee? So uh, what is the pool of players that? All those guys that you just mentioned prevent it being a disaster. All those guys that you just mentioned, we need to get one of those guys. Otherwise, it's a disaster. Well, you just said Jimmy Butler would not be. Yeah, but it's not a disaster. You know, it would be a disappointment. I'd be disappointed if that was the case. Okay, what what would prevent it from being a disappointment then? Who are the names? Kawhi, KD, and that's it. (laughs) Oh, really? Just (laughs) those two guys? Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna throw. Clay Thompson's name out there because Kyrie. Oh yeah, Kyrie too. Yeah, Anthony Davis. It's basically via trade. Yeah, via trade. For it's sure. basically uh, KD, AD, Kawhi or bust. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I mean there are. Wouldn't you agree with that? From an excitement level, yeah, yeah. yeah. There are uh, there are some. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't want to say B list. Yeah, I'm, I know you're a fan of marginalize uh, people so much. I know you're a fan of uh, Vucevic. Yeah, Vucevic right? is. I think he's gonna get slept on in this free agent summer. Chris Middleton is an unrestricted oh, yeah, free right. agent. That's right. You know Tobias Harris, even though I think most people think he's gonna re up with Philly. Uh, there was a couple of other names. Uh, I mean, we liked Hassan Whiteside for for a minute. 
Um, that guy's a free agent? Yeah. This class is loaded. The fact that Hassan Whiteside is like not even like... It would be really funny if the Lakers re-signed Brooke Lopez to like a a two-year $20 million deal or something. That would just be like so so Lakers to do that. <laughs> and for him to perform very poorly, that would be so Lakers. Yeah, all of a sudden like yeah. he doesn't shoot threes anymore. Yeah, all of a sudden he's shooting like 29% from three. Uh, but yeah, but there's oh, I think the Lakers have were rumored today to be pursuing Marcus Morris. Well, I like Marcus Morris. Which yeah, but at what cost though? That's yeah, a good, he's a not good question. Yeah, because I think I I almost feel like he's uh, a guy that's gonna want to get some bread. Oh yeah, this summer, and he's a guy who will get bread. There's always gonna get. There's always gonna be a franchise out there that overpays for a guy like him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of moving parts. Of course, there's still the draft before that too. So anything can happen right now at this juncture. At, at, as we said in the top of the podcast, that you know we talked about the NBA Finals. You still feel like the Warriors are gonna. Take yeah, it though, I right? think I think the Raptors lost their chance to win. Like if we, you know, the next time we get together to record, it's probably going to be after Game Four. So at that point, you know, three one is probably the most realistic uh, scenario. Yeah. What What if Toronto takes one at Golden State and ties it at two two? I'm still not buying it. I feel like they lost their chance with Game Two. I, I just I, the finals I, are back to uh, two two one 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 format, I think right? So, yeah, but that's just my stance with NBA playoffs. You know, you when you're when you're going up against a a, fa- a favorite, especially a heavy favorite like the Warriors, you gotta capitalize on your opportunities. Yeah, even with Clay uh, Thompson's health being questionable, I think the Warriors are like a five point favorite for tomorrow's game three. Yeah. And by the way, five point favorite is big. In, odds. in the finals, yeah, that's in huge. Odds, but yeah, it's it's a big yeah, it's a big margin. And as we know, Vegas knows all. Vegas as we've said many times. knows everything. I think uh, Odd Shark they simulated that the Warriors would win by ten points tomorrow, which wouldn't be surprising at all. Not at all. So uh, yeah, the next time we come back and record. It very well may be a wrap for this uh, NBA Finals, and then we can finally put this god awful season to rest <laughs> and uh, get to uh, more exciting things. It's like so the draft. sad that as a Laker fan, that we're looking forward to off season and drafts. You know, I mean, it's that gonna be, be it's, it's gonna be very uh, compelling. Though. Yeah, it will be. It's gonna be very exciting. So, with that said, let's uh, call it a podcast for today. So. Um, On behalf of the both of us, thank you for listening, and we'll check in with you guys next time. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to 81 Points. We are a Los Angeles Lakers podcast hosted by me, Chris Lim, and my longtime friend and co-host, Chris Lee. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.